back in the house of God. This is our third service. And personally, I just came back from uh, uh, Singapore where I, we had, and I'll just show you the picture. Uh, a lot of the, the, the our pastors are still there. All right. Uh, we, the 29 of us are there. I want to thank publicly our elders and our council who really invest in the young people. They are there attending a heart of God Church Conference in Singapore. Wonderful, wonderful church to learn from them, not to copy but to contextualize so that we pick up certain things and they are still there and we are, and, and they are, and they are having a wonderful time. So I, I left my wife there, you know what I mean? Because I told him I got to, somebody got to work. And uh, praise the Lord. I want to introduce our speaker for today and it's none other than Pastor Daniel Ho. How many of you know of him and heard of Pastor Daniel before? Wow, majority of you, amen. He's a wonderful, wonderful man of God, very well respected and personally, I respect him a lot. I honor him a lot uh, because he is my big brother, even though I'm older than him, even though I look younger than him, but he's, still, he's actually older than me. Alright, and uh, he was the founding pastor at UMC and a wonderful, wonderful church and we've learned so much from them as well. And uh, we, are, we are good friends, you see. We are, we, this is Kuntasang. Uh, this is only in April last year. Huh? Alright, so uh, did, you, did you show the previous one? The three of us? Alright, the three musketeers. Alright, Pastor Philip Lin, myself and him. So so, so we, we go and break that together to refresh. That, that's how close a friend he is to me. And so I'm very, very privileged that he's here together with dear wife Doris and he has got a wonderful word. So he spent his time now, alright, mentoring pastors as well, CEOs all over the world and he is truly a spiritual statesman for the nation. Put your hand together and give Pastor Daniel Ho the best SIBKL welcome you've ever given. Whoa! The best! Good morning, SIBKL. Wow, my goodness. You know what, Pastor Chiu? Uh, we work together for MAS, not Malaysian Airlines Systems, but Mutual Affirmation Society. You get close to this man, you affirm like crazy, you know. I'm so affirmed by him that, you know what, he has exaggerated a lot of stuff about me, okay? And trouble is, I enjoyed some more. We do ask God for forgive me of my sins, my wrongs, and forgive him as well for all the exaggeration, okay? But no, as you know, you get close to Pastor Chiu, you are so blessed, and you've got one amazing, amazing man. Plus, of course, Pastor Lee Chiu is not here. Your pastors are all in Singapore. You know why? Because you're all backslided. No, 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 not true, not true. <laughs> they attend a great conference. We're both able to sleep in, actually, all right? Because we were both invited to speak at the Eagles Conference in Singapore. And so we took time all quietly to join this Heart of God Church Conference and we were blessed, okay, richly blessed. And thank God, Pastor Chi was willing to come home, pull himself away from the rest of the past, come home, because otherwise I will not forgive him. No, 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 we are such good friends, we pull, we pull each other's legs. But you know, friends, you know, you've got an amazing man of God. And I wish Pastor Lee Ju is here, unfortunately. Alright, you've got an amazing man who has given so much of his life. Commitment, sacrifice, everything else, you know, really, for this amazing man. That I've got a joy, the privilege of knowing him to get Pastor Philip, you know, really amazing, you know, really, I thank God for him. Faithful commitment, sacrifice, all the 30 years for what SIBKL is today like this. You know, church, I want you to do, I want you all to stand in honor of Pastor Quincy. Would you please stand? You know, the Pastor Chiu, give him a big, wonderful clap offering to Jesus because of Pastor Chiu. Would you do that? Give him a big, big, wonderful hand. All right, okay. Pastor Chiu, we thank God for you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you indeed for all that you have done, okay, for you and for Pastor Lee Chiu as well. All right, commitment, sacrifice, okay, we thank God for you. Really, Pastor Chiu, what a joy, what a blessing. Really, you know, right? And out of 8 billion people, I got a chance to enjoy his friendship and his fellowship all these years, you know. You know what? He is older than me. He's a lot older than me. Yeah, and yeah, I'm so envious. His hair is still very good and very, very, very whatever else, you know. Never mind. God is still good and merciful towards us. Amen. 
So this morning, I'm going to speak, okay, on the subject, you must be joking, okay? And I'm really not joking, all right, okay? But we're going to read scripture first, and this is taken from 1 Peter, okay, chapter 1, verses 3 to 7, okay? And you know what it is? I like to read scripture aloud together. Uh, why is that? Three important reasons. First reason, we are declaring and proclaiming the word of God aloud together. You and I know, friends, in this, our, our country, we hear five proclamations every day from somewhere. You know what I'm trying to say? Why are we not proclaiming God's word aloud as well? So that's the first thing. Let's proclaim the God's word aloud together. Secondly, friends, you know, the Bible tells us faith, come, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. So friends, when we hear God's word aloud, what happens? It builds faith in us. But thirdly, we want to establish the truth of God's word on earth as it is in heaven. God's word is always true in heaven, amen? But let's establish the truth on earth as well, as much as in heaven, amen? Can you stand with me? Let's read the word of God aloud together, it's okay? In our loudest, most robust, okay? S-I-B, K-L voices together. Come, let's go, one, two, three. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you, who to faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Father, I pray that you, by your Spirit, will take your word, O God, I ask our Father, and speak to each one of us and challenge us, O God, I pray, so that we will respond to you, O God, I ask in a wonderful way, in Jesus' wonderful we pray. Amen, amen. Take your seats with you. How many of you, you have actually said this before? You must be joking. Can I see your hands? How many of you? Wow, so many, many of us. Now, sometimes we say this, you know what happens? In a negative context. Somebody tells you something really not nice, no, some, a negative news. You know what happens? Somebody says, you must be joking. Am I right? Because we wish it is not true. But sometimes, you know, it could be something positive, something that's so good. Something almost unbelievable. You said to her, you must be joking. How many of you have done that? Can I see your hands? So many, wow, so many of us. Same. But friends, can I say, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just something so good. It's not something too good to be true. Can I say, friends, the gospel of Jesus Christ is something too good not to be true. And all God's people say, really, it is so good, not just it's so too good to be true. It is too good not to be true, friends. And your friends, you know, and I know, even though it is so good, yet there are people who reject it. Yet there are people who write you off. Yet there are people you find that the moment you mention it, they get upset and angry, isn't it? And so, you know, why is it from sometimes you find there are people who are opposed, right? People who are prejudiced against the Christian faith, even though it is so good, too good not to be true. Yet there are some people who attack you. Sometimes the moon mention the name of Jesus or you want to share the Christian faith. What are the reasons before I talk about how come the Christian faith is so amazingly good? What are some of the reasons people are prejudiced, people who oppose and attack you sometimes? Just you mention the name of Jesus. The first common reason, friends, is a whole area of being hurt or played out by Christians. You know, some people are hurt or played out, cheated, betrayed, okay, uh, in business, in work, in promises, in all kinds of things. And therefore, what happens? The moon mentioned Jesus, forget about it. Not interested at all. This sometimes could even come from your own father. It's just sometimes you mention about Jesus, you mention about your faith. Shut up. Get away. Not interested at all, isn't it? Friends, how do you tackle, supposing if it is even your own father, how do you tackle your dad like this if you respond in this manner? Friends, you know, what do you do? Firstly, start by an apology. Say to your dad, I'm sorry, Dad. What I just said looks like upset you, offended you. Always start with an apology. Because once you start with an apology, like, okay, the wall comes down in terms of prejudice. Then after that, say to your dad, Dad, if you don't mind, help me to understand. 
Say, put it as your problem. Don't put it as his problem. That's why you behave like that one. So childish one, you got problem after for lunch. Right. Say to your dad, Dad, I'm so sorry. But that helped me to understand. Not your problem, my problem. Help me to understand why you get so offended when the name of Jesus is mentioned. You know why? There is always a reason behind it. Amen? Always a reason behind it. And usually, it's because they've been hurt. All right? Because they've been betrayed or played out. Don't tell me about it. Not interested at all. Isn't it? Now, sometimes, if this is true, like this man I've talked to, you know, all right? I'm a pastor and... Uh, Okay, before I could talk anything about Jesus, he attacked me left, right, and center, nonstop like this. I said to him, Mr. Wong, looks like you have been very hurt by some Christians. I don't know who they are. These are, Mr. Wong, you know, bad apples. There are many good apples you have not met, and they're all funny as I BKL. Hey, no amen. Hello, you're not convinced yourself you're good apples. All right now, which is true. Don't because of a few bad apples, you write it off. That's not being smart. There are so many good apples around right now. All right? Yeah, you don't make decisions because of a few bad experiences. You'd never do that in life about your whole future, about whole of eternity, isn't it? And so that's very, very important. All right? So help them to understand that don't because of a few bad apples you write off. That's not being good and smart. Like, for example, when I was young, doing my A-levels, a doctor was trying to take blood from me. I was studying ACS EPO at that time. And this young doctor came along, put needle in, no blood, pull up, put needle the other way, no blood, pull needle in this other way. I was almost going to punch him in the nose. Hey, my friend, this is painful, flesh and blood. Now, I don't, because of that experience, say, forget, I'm not going to see doctors anymore. That's not being smart on my part. So friends, you know, firstly, help them to understand. Don't because of some hurt or whatever, you write it off. That's not a good way making decisions about life and future. Is it? A second common reason why people right, would write off the Christian faith is because of hypocrisy. Yeah? They see some hypocrisy amongst Christians, sometimes among Christian leaders, sometimes sadly even among pastors. Don't come and tell me. Like this young man, he put a note in a DMC office. I want to see Pastor Daniel. We checked, not a member of DMC. He put a note like this. So I told my peer, now you arranged that. I'll meet with him, okay? So we met up for coffee. You know what I found? He came from a Christian background. When he was young, he's been going to church regularly, but not in the last so many years. So I said, why not? You know what he replied? He said, all hypocrites. Wow, all hypocrites. Hey, my friend, cannot be all hypocrites right now. Some lah, maybe a few lah. You know, my, why don't you come to my church? No hypocrites one. Now, we're not saying that we are perfect. We try to be authentic, and all God's authentic people say. But we try to be right now. And this amazing thing about the gospel of Christ, that when we do wrong, we come to God in confession, ask for forgiveness. Right now, sometimes we are rude, arrogant. I'm so sorry, I've been unnice towards you. Please forgive me. You know what I mean? We try to be authentic right now. Live a life as much as possible. Right? Sincere, genuine, okay? And authentic in every way right now. So because of some hypocrisy, you write it off. Again, that's not being smart. In decision-making about your whole life, about your future, that is so important okay, for all of us. A third common reason why people sometimes are put off by the Christian faith is because bad examples or poor examples. Sometimes not uncommon for a non-Christian friend of yours to say, you mean that guy is a Christian? And the way the person talks, you know. He's talking to you in a very negative manner. You mean that guy's a Christian? Call himself a Christian or call herself a Christian? You know what I mean? It is sad. It is painful. Sometimes, you know, we all Christian. We are aloof. We are proud. We are disconnected. We look down at people. Why we do that? No necessity right now. Very important for you and I, sir, to treat everybody with dignity and respect and all God's people say. Because every person created in God's image so I do work in the corporate world, actually. I just came from Singapore, do work with Far East organization, some of you know, owned by the richest man. I tell the guy at the top, I don't look at your senior management, how good they are. I look all the way down to your sweepers and the cleaners, how you treat them. I want to know whether you treat them with dignity and respect or not. That's very important. It's not just how we treat fellows up there, how will we treat everyone all the way down to the end. 
very, very important for all of us. Because it is in that manner when you connect with people, people see your heart. Because as we all know the cliche, people don't care how much we know until they know how much we care. So I say to some of the CEOs I journey with, sometimes you walk from your wonderful limousine to your ivory tower office. As you walk, you pass by a cleaner, right, from your company. You stop and say good morning. And the cleaner says, oh my goodness, big boss greeted me. And you, as a big boss, might say, how are you? She might say, boss, actually I'm okay. But she might just add on, actually boss, my son is not okay. What happened? My son is sick, actually, really? Why are you going to see a doctor? And the cleaner might honestly tell you, boss, I, I cannot afford. You just slip out, give her 100 ringgit. Why are you going to see a doctor tonight? Make sure to bring your son to see a doctor tonight. You know what happens? Your cleaner will remember you for life. Will remember for life. She will tell everybody around, here's a boss who cares. Here's a boss who has a heart for every one of us. And that's what matters. That's what counts. Get a good amen for that. So important, I say. But sometimes, sadly, because of our bad example, not a good witness for the Lord. People are put off, is it? So, again, ask for forgiveness. These are bad apples again. Many good ones you have not met. Come to my church. They're all good apples. One. We're not perfect apples, of course. And Hello? Okay, thank God. No perfect apples here. We're all good apples. We try to, right? Which is, I think, so important for all of us. What is the fourth reason? Sometimes people are prejudiced, opposed to the Christian faith. A fourth reason is because sometimes they say to us, you know what? The Bible is full of errors, contradictions, and even fairy tales. How many have come across this? Yeah, some of us. Uh, you mean you can believe in the Bible? Sometimes, you know what, friends? This can come from top-notch professors. This can come from professors, top-notch universities, world-famous professors who might come to you studying in Ivy League University or Oxford, Cambridge, and the person comes to you and say, you know, John, you mean you can believe in the Bible? Come on, John, you're a smart, a smart guy studying at Cambridge University. You mean you can believe in this book, okay, so-called the Bible, full of errors, lies, contradictions, and fairy tales. You mean you can believe in it? You know how to tackle people like this? Okay, let me teach you how to tackle, okay? Don't go to defense right away. All right, firstly, you know what happens, as always, Command your professor. Amen. Okay, all quiet now. <laughs> Say to your professor, Professor, I appreciate your honest opinion about this book, the Bible. Amen. I really appreciate your honesty in telling, to me, telling me about this book, the Bible. Then, you know, next step. Professor, you know what you just said or not? You just said this book is full of errors, lies, and contradictions. Professor, you know what? You have made a very serious statement. You have made a very serious charge against this book. By the way, Professor, have you read this book? Have you studied this book? Because if you're not read or were still study this book, how can you make a statement like this? Right? That shows, Professor, you're not fair. You're not reasonable. You're not fair-minded. Professor, when you say things like this, but have you studied very carefully, it betrays your intellect. It betrays your neutrality, your reasonableness, you know. And that's where, friends, you can go on by saying, Professor, you know what? There are people who have studied this. How to tear this book apart. Go to the extent of even doing research to prove, for example, that Jesus Christ never rose up from the dead. And he has come out at the end of the research to be shown that Jesus did rise up from the dead. And this person who did this kind of research to disprove and describe Christianity come to faith in Christ. And this man, Frank Morrison, a Cambridge British lawyer, all right, who was all out to demolish the Christian faith. At the end of the manuscript that he wrote, okay, he said, I've been proven otherwise in the first chapter of the book. And he says at the end of the chapter, I'm now a follower of Jesus Christ. Here's a man who's sincere, honest, really seeking for the truth, all right, not allowing his own mindset, his own fixed mindset, to say, this is nonsense, this is, cannot be true at all, friends. He's willing to be proven otherwise, friends. And there are many books available to do that, actually to show to us. And this is where, friends, Andrew can say to professor, never mind, you're not read, you're not studied. But there are those who have done. Can I lend you book after book for you to read? Now, don't give him. Lend him. Why? Because if you lend him, you can ask it back. 
Hello. Then you ask him, by the way, sir, have you read or not? Oh, you've not read. Why don't you take the time to read? I will ask you again next month. Okay, or not? Put pressure upon the professor or whoever the person is. Friends, you know, we don't have to go okay, on the back paddle defend. Put the gun on the back paddle. Defend it. Show it. Prove it. You know? And there are many, many books available at Josh McDowell. Evidence that demands a verdict. Part one and part two. Oh. See, friends, the amazing thing is this. The Christian faith is based on evidence. The Christian faith is not, hey, my friend John, come on and believe. Lah. Come on, have faith. It's more than just belief, have faith. The Christian faith of all faiths is based on solid evidence to show why the Christianity is true, to show why the Christian faith is something that demands really for us to engage our minds, which is, I got read seven, eight proofs to show why the Christian faith is true and powerful indeed. You see, and you and I know, having come to faith in Christ, our lives change and transform. How many of us have experienced it? Can I see your hands? Okay. All right. I know some are putting up my hands on behalf of your spouse. Okay. You can see the change in our spouse. Amen. Hey, no amen here. Yeah. Thank God. Isn't it? And so friends, you know, all right, that's the fourth common reason why. Not believable, this book, the Bible, isn't it? But there's a fifth reason. What is the fifth reason people are prejudiced or post-Christian faith? You know, sometimes, you know what they say? They say, you know what? Christianity is a Western religion. All right? You mean, you all, we all Asians, why you believe in a Western religion? We all Asians, if you're Chinese, must believe in a Chinese religion. If you're Indian, Hinduism, and if whatever other race, whatever. You know, friends, when we do that, what has happened? We have turned our faith or religion into an ethnic religion. You're not into a racial religion, a racial God. The Chinese have one God, Indians have one, and so and so forth like this. But friends, you know, the truth of the matter is this. If he is God, he must be God of all. Cannot be God only of certain, certain people, certain ethnic groups, right now. So the thing is this, friends. It is not Chinese must believe this, Indians must believe this, and so and so forth believe that. The truth of the matter, which is a true one? And if it's true, he must be true for all. Cannot be true for only some, isn't it? And this is where, friends, you open up to share with them why the Christian faith is so amazing, so wonderful, so powerful, all right? It really stares us in our face and challenges us and expose right, the intent of the heart to see what it is. Now, what did Jesus come to offer for all of us? What does he come to offer, okay? Right here, Apostle Peter writes to us in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, okay? And Peter writes like this uh, to all of us, okay? When we read aloud again, this passage of Scripture together. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you. You see, friends, we are given, okay, new birth into a living hope. Everlasting hope, a hope forever, isn't it? So that for you and I as Christians, life is not a hopeless end, but an endless hope in Jesus Christ. And all God's people say, it's so wonderful. It's, it's an endless hope in Christ. More than that, it says here to us in this passage of Scripture, right? Not a living hope to resurrect Christ from the dead. It says that into inheritance can never perish, spoil or fate kept in heaven for you. Something that's preserved for us forever and ever, isn't it? What a joy, what a blessing. We don't have to try to keep it. We don't have to try to make all our efforts, energy, try to protect it. It is kept for us in heaven. What an amazing offer for you and I, for the whole world like this, isn't it? And so therefore, what does Jesus Christ come to offer for all of us? Firstly, friends, he comes to offer for us forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins, isn't it? Which is so important, all right? Why? The Bible tells us like it's Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. For all have sinned and fallen short, okay, of the glory of God. All of us, we have sinned. We are all sinners. And forgiveness is available. And that's so wonderful, so powerful in each one of us, isn't it? All right? Now, why should we all have to die? In fact, one sermon recently I preached at a funeral. Sometimes at a funeral, I will talk about death. Especially Chinese well, Asians, we don't like talk about death right now. It's okay, a, a taboo subject, we try to avoid it. But friends, right, a funeral is good to talk about death. Because why? All of us are confronted by it. It is in fact, friends, can I say, the most important subject of all subjects. It is something nobody escapes. The moment a child is born, the child is destined for death. 
Nobody escapes. And yet, we don't talk about it. We hardly talk about it. So therefore, I use funeral to talk about really. I say, you know why? Firstly, why should we all have to die? Secondly, why should we all want to die? How many of us like the second one? Why should we all want to die? How many of us will live longer? Can I see your hands? Wow, only Pastor Chu, not many of you. Hey, come on. You in church cannot tell lies one, okay? How many of us want to live a lot longer? Maybe a lot longer. Wow, so many hands. God bless all of you. It's a natural human response. We want to live as long as possible. But more important, friends, how to die well. More important, how to die well. Because if you don't know how to die well, you never know how to live well. You know that? And friends, an amazing thing, Christian faith provides the answer spot on to help all of us. So that it allays all anxieties, worries, concerns, and whatsoever else we're going through in our life. And so friends, you know, there's forgiveness of sins available. Why? Because Jesus there, all right, at the Last Supper, all right, he reenacted what he's going to do on the cross very soon, isn't it? And then in the Last Supper, Jesus tells us like this in Matthew, right, chapter 26 and verse 28, Jesus says like this, okay, to all of us, all right, in this manner, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. That my blood shed on the cross will result in forgiveness for all your sins. What a blessing. What an amazing blessing, friends, to know forgiveness of sins available for every human being on earth. Just, in fact, last week I was in Ipoh doing management training for the Ho Yang Ho company. All right, senior managers, I met with them, about 80 of them, do management training for all of them. Okay, of course, when you do training like this in a corporate world, I'm never introduced as a pastor. My pastor title is hidden. So I mean, here's Dr. Dr. So-and-so, he speaks at company functions, he mentors you as a company, that kind of thing, okay? Uh, which is very good, I can connect with them like this. And then what happens is the next day, all right, we are taken by this uh, Grab driver to Ipoh Airport because I've got another uh, engagement to speak in Singapore to a pastor Chu in the Eagles Conference, okay? So the company org organized a Grab driver to pick us up from the, from the hotel, hop in, Okay, it takes about 25 minutes to get to the airport there in Ipoh. I said, thank you so much for taking us to, uh, to the uh, airport. I preach, what's your name? Yik, Mr. Yik, good to meet you. Actually, I was already given the name earlier, Yik Chi Long. Good to meet you, Yik. We talked, chatted, found out that he studied the ACS Ipoh, which I studied before. Okay, and found out that, of course, he's much younger. He's in his early 60s. Okay, we chatted and talked and that kind of thing. I said, how is it like studying AC Ipoh? No, I'm a playboy. I fool around and kind of thing. I never studied at all. Much of the time, I'm on there, uh, okay, drinking, dancing, doing all kinds of things. I'm a real rebel. I said, you know what, people who are rebels, actually, they're very good in their studies. Just that they find teaching so boring. That's why they create trouble. Hello? Okay, there are some here now laughing away. Which is true, actually. Sometimes the teaching is so boring, okay? These guys are too smart. They make trouble. You can't blame them like this, isn't it? So say, I never studied. I fool around, I play around, enjoy wine, women, and song. So and then he said, I committed a lot of wrongs, a lot of sins. That's why I shared with him. Jesus has come to make it possible. He felt so bad, so terrible. He committed so much, so much wrong in his life. I said, you know what? My friend, Chilong, God has sent a pastor out of 8 billion to sit in your car. You must be so special. No more 7 billion, now it's 8 billion. You must be so special. God sent a pastor and he'll sit in your car. Wow, you must be really, yeah, you must be so special. All right, you know, share with him. I said, you know, Chilong, all the wrongs you've done, there is forgiveness available. You don't have to allow your sin, your shame, your wrong, your guilt, even a condemnation to pin you down and to make you useless and cripple you. There's forgiveness available. Chilong, you know that. And if you like to, I want to pray for you. You know what? At the airport when we arrive, I let him to faith in Christ. You can see the change in his countenance. He's filled with joy. He's so happy. All right? He's so happy after that. Suddenly he felt the load over his shoulders lifted up in a wonderful manner. So I say, God bless you. You know what I said as we walk out? God bless you also. Wow, okay. I totally changed and transformed. Filled with joy and peace and so much happiness in it. Friends, he was number eight for me this year to, to have one by one to faith in Christ, friends. There are many out there. Yeah, give a hand to Jesus. Many out there. They look good. They're very jovial. But friends, you never know what's inside. Some are hurting. 
some are been wounded. Some carry guilt, shame, pain, frustration, and anger. Friends, you and I put there to make a change, make a mark, make a difference. I connected with friends in Ipoh. Make sure he's pulled out. Make sure bring them to church, which is so important for all of us. So friends, the amazing good news, forgiveness is available. No matter what we have done, how terrible things we have done, isn't it? What a blessing, what a joy. That's when someone comes to faith in Christ in prison, in spite of all the nonsense. What happens when a person's released? We put them, pulpit after pulpit across the country, share their testimony, isn't it? And it's an amazing thing, isn't it? All the guilt, shame, condemnation just removed like this overnight. We can walk tall again. And that's what wants to do. Jesus wants to restore us back to what we should be, what we are designed for, which is important. Secondly, friends, you're not just, secondly, we find that fear is broken. All right? Fear is broken. Fear is removed in Jesus' name. One of the fears, you notice the Bible tells us here in Hebrew chapter 2 and verses 14 and 15, okay, where it says to us like this, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shed in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who owe their lives who are held in slavery by the fear of death. See, many, many are held in slavery by the fear of death. How many of you, you are afraid of death once upon a time? See your hands. Yeah, so many of us. I was, when I was young, I was really scared of death. Remember I say, I tried to avoid and run away as much as possible. Friends, you know what? God knows we're very fearful people. You know that? He really knows that. So time and again, for example, when Jesus comes to his disciples, he says, fear not, fear not, fear not. Am I right? So many times he comes. For example, on one occasion, the disciples were rowing the boat, all right, in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Right? Middle of the night, they were rowing like crazy, isn't it? And then there was a figure that started walking on water towards them. And you and I know the figure was whom? It was Jesus walking on water. You know what happens? All right? They all shout, you know, my feet scared like crazy. They thought it's a ghost. So, you know, all the disciples shout out, Hantu. Jesus said, Bukan, Tuhan. Oh, see, friends, even Jesus speaks Bahasa. Hello? Oh, fantastic. So I cannot wait to talk in Bahasa with Jesus when to see heaven. Amen? How wonderful, isn't it? Because he knows we're very fearful people. Many of us are gripped by all kinds of fears. All right? Fear of the unknown. Fear of the future. Fear is going to happen. What has happened to me? What has happened to my family? My business? My children? That's the reality of it all. Friends, you know, the greatest thing that has destroyed young people in Britain today is what? Is suicide. That's the number one killer of young people today in Britain. Shocking. I didn't know these statistics until the senior pastor of a wonderful church in Britain told me, big church in Britain told me, Daniel, one of the greatest, all right, cause of death among young people is suicide. The top, all right, scary. Why is that? A lot of young people see no hope for the future. They see meaningless about life and living. I might as well take my life, which is so sad, isn't it? And that's why, friends, you and I put that by God to make a mark, to reach out and share the hope that's in Christ. The future that's available, the living hope that's available. So that we don't live in despair, in a sense of helplessness and hopelessness. Why? Because in Jesus Christ, life is not a hopeless end, but an endless hope in Jesus Christ. And all God's people say, all right, wonderful, isn't it, for you and I, the fear can be broken. We can be set free from it. But there's a third reason. And the third reason, okay, for you and I is that there's eternal and transformed life. So there is life everlasting. And the family passage of Scripture, John chapter 3 and verse 16, okay, which tells us, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Imagine, friends, Jesus comes to offer us life forever and ever. What a deal, isn't it? All right. What an amazing exchange that you and I can experience in Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. Impossible. Not only that, friends, also transform life. Why? Because here Jesus says to us in John chapter 10 and verse 10, all right, that Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The thief here refers to Satan. What did Satan come to do? Three things Jesus tells us to kill, all right? So to steal first. The thief comes to steal. Steal from us in what manner? Steal from all of us peace of heart. Hope for the future. 
Satan's out to steal this from us. All right? That we can't live in peace. We live in anxiety, in worry, in concern about the future. Satan wants to do that. Secondly, he comes not only to steal, but also to kill. Kill us in what manner? Kill us in our relationship with one another. You know that? He's out to destroy all of us in our relationship with as much as possible, even husband and wife relationship. He's out to kill that. You know that? Okay? And that's a real... For all of us who are married, on the wedding day, we marry our best friend. And all those who agree say, hey, not very convincing amen here. Okay? Rewind, huh? All right? On the wedding day, we marry our best friend. All God's people say, wow, that's better. That's better now. Well, friends, can I say, our best friend can become the worst of enemy if we're not careful. Am I right? We fight each other. Not today. We fight each other all the way to the law court. You know that? I was speaking in this big church in Singapore. At the end of the service, a number of people lined up to see me. And the last person who saw me is about in his mid-40s. And with tears in his eyes, he said to me, Pastor Daniel, thank you for your message. I believe God has spoken to me. And he said to me this, tomorrow morning, first thing in the morning, Monday, I'm going to see my lawyer. And I'm going to tell my lawyer, would you please tear up the divorce papers? I am incident against my wife. Just tear it up. No interest to pursue anymore. I was so touched by what he said. I said, brother, I want to commend you. That shows grace and humility on your part. But there's one more thing I want to pray for as I give thanks to God for grace and humility. I want to pray that God will give you courage to follow through what you just tell me. Because sometimes the next day, right, we don't have courage anymore, right? Now. Suddenly we think about enormity. Suddenly we are hit, okay, by the ton of bricks. My goodness, oh, I have to eat humble pie, okay? It's all my wife's fault, never my fault. Okay, all quiet, man. <laughs> I prayed for him. At the end, the senior pastor took me for lunch in his car. I saw him walking towards his own car. You know what happens, friends? He drives a very nice car, all right. Driving a nice car is no indication things are okay on the inside. Holding a high position is no indication things are okay on the inside. Even living in a big house is no indication things are okay on the inside. The trouble in living in a big house is this, we can hide from each other in the many rooms we have got. So it is good to live in a one-room apartment. <laughs> no, amen. Now, now I know the big houses, all of you at SMBK or lives in. Yeah, you know. So we cannot hide from each other to deal with it, friends. Sometimes you meet people, good, smooth, and suave on the outside. You never know what is inside. And God has put you and I there to be agent of blessing, of help, of support, and encouragement, and helping them to see the truth of it all so they are set free, so they are delivered in a wonderful manner. Amen. Which is, I think, so important for all of us. That Jesus comes to offer us eternal, but also transform lives. How many of you spouses, you have seen transformation in your other spouse? See your hands. Hey, so few hands. Uh. I need to pray for your church. Uh. Okay. Hey, you are in church, you know. Uh, let's tell the truth. Is it? Cannot tell lies when in church. How many of you have seen real change transfer in your spouses? Uh? See your hands. That's better. God bless you all. I'm glad. Otherwise, you need to come up for prayers afterwards. We need to pray for you. We can all testify, isn't it? We can all testify, right? That God has done amazing work in us, making us more humble more gracious, more thoughtful, more kind, more big-hearted. When people hurt us, never mind. Never mind. Uh. No big deal. One, uh. My husband never opened a car door for me. Never mind. Uh. Right now. It's very important. Otherwise, we fight each other like crazy. What do we end up with? Not gracious, not thoughtful, not kind, not big-hearted anymore. It's very important. Eternal transformed life. What a deal we are getting. Unbelievable, isn't it? Not only that, friends, fourthly, what happens is that it results in us having security significance forever. Friends, can I say, every human being, from whatever ethnic, social, religious backgrounds, we are all looking for security significance in life. You know, all of us. 
educated, uneducated, rich or poor, we're all looking for significance in life. That's a reality. So sometimes I ask this guy, who are you, by the way? Pastor, you know who I am? I'm CEO of multinational. I said, my friend, that's not my question. And then one I asked, who are you, by the way? He says, you know what? I am the second richest man in the country. I said, that's not my question. See, friends, the danger is this for all of us. Who we are is often equated with my position, CEO, head of department, or my possession, second richest man, whatever. Or sometimes my prestige, okay? I'm Tansri and so, so, so forth like this, you know. I'm a title person, okay? That kind of thing. It's like this robber came to this man. Give me your money. This man said, you know who I am? I don't care who you are. Give me your money. This man said, I am Tansri, Dato Sri, doctor, so-and-so, minister in the PMC department. Now give me my money. <laughs> my money. Right? You find it, friends, you know, many times we equate ourselves position, power, prestige, recognition, all the titles, awards and degrees and so on and so forth. Sometimes a lot of degrees but no temperature, what for? Isn't it? <laughs> God helps as we help all of us and work things through in life, isn't it? Secret significance. We are looking for. Friends, can I say, security significance is found in Jesus Christ. Not in what we do, what we have, who we hang out with, where we live. No, no, no. It is found in Jesus Christ. And that's an amazing thing. And that's what Apostle Paul writes to us, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Paul says to us like this, okay? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. We are new, a brand new child of God. We are precious to God, isn't it? We are indeed treasured by God. And, that's, and it is one that is forever independent of my power, my position, my possession, my presence, independent of all this. I'm precious to God, isn't it? The way I am, accepted by God, loved by God in a wonderful manner. Like, not sure I told you this. Once Doris said, we were in Cape Town, South Africa, all right, I was walking around. I said, Doris, I need to look for a toilet to, uh, to, to use. And I found this public toilet. I was so happy. I walked in. And there's a black South African cleaner. He was cleaning the toilet. You know what he said to me? Welcome, sir, to my office. Wow, I was so... Why, wow, this guy, you know? My goodness. You know what happens? All right? He is a theologian, I thought. He has got things correct. Why? You Malaysian got problem. I've got no problem working in the toilet. I know your Malaysian always got problem one. I've no problem working in the toilet. But more than that, I'm proud about my work. I'm proud about my work. Because where I am, even the toilet, I'm serving God. Right now. Which is what it should be. So it's not where I am in a social ladder or, okay, or wealth ladder or whatever. Where I am. Okay? It's something I thank God for even down there. I'm just as good as anyone up there. That's why friends can I say sometimes it's terrible of parents to say to the kid, to say to the son, son, why can you be like your sister? Look at your sister. Professor university, you're only motor car mechanic. What is wrong with you? Same parents, same food, same housing. You turn out like that. What a waste. Our uh, I very bad, okay, compared to your, your sister like this, isn't it? All right, what? It's terrible to tell a child like this. See, in the early days of GMC, you know what I did in the early days of GMC? Every time when exam, school exam results are out, I say, just get seven A's, eight A's, nine A's, 10, 11 A's, stand up, clap, clap, clap. I did that for three years after I repented of my sins. I really felt so sorry after it. So not very smart guy who does that. You know why? Because if I'm a parent, I will come up to this pastor. You know, Pastor Daniel, my son, no C, no A's, all C's only. You know what? C stands for Chumalang. A is only average. B is better. C is commendable. Okay? D is distinction. E is excellent. And F is fantastic. Oh. Now, don't tell your children or your grandchildren. I know your children and grandchildren will be so happy to hear that. Listen, but his friends, you see, we got it all wrong. This is the values of the world, right now. So sometimes you drive your car here to SIB, okay, to worship God. You came in an SLK, happy parked there. Then suddenly next to you, another SLK came along and parked there. That 
Only that, then SLK is Mercedes-Benz SLK. Your SLK is small little kanchil, okay? And the guy got up from the car, his Mercedes-Benz The guy got up, you saw that, my goodness, I recognize him right away. He's my classmate. Not just that, not smart some more. And you know, in your heart, you tell God, God, so unfair one. My classmate not smart. He drives a Mercedes SLK. I'm driving a little kanchil. So unfair one, God. What is wrong? Nothing wrong with me. I think something wrong with him. Don't have to be like that. We are what we are, not because of the car we drive. Amen? But if this guy wants to exchange his car with you, take la, no need to pray one. <laughs> but sometimes next Sunday you drive here. Now you're worried all the time outside there. Will somebody kiss my car, scratch my car? Then you don't deserve to own an SLK anymore. God's people say, right now. So important. We are secure. We are significant in Christ. Doesn't matter the kind of job I hold where I work, who I hang up with, the club I go to, okay, the uh, people I associate with, where I live, doesn't matter anymore. Friends, you know, this is an amazing thing. Security significance is found in Jesus. Every one of us is significant. Every one of us is important. There is one song, right, entitled Nobody's Child. How many remember that song? Can I see your hands? Oh, so many. Well, these are all laulang, these are all people. <laughs> Because, you know, the song was top of the pops in the early 70s. That's why Brakuntak sang himself. Pastor Jude, uh, come put up your hand now. Right? <laughs> early 70s, right? Entitled Nobody's Child. It's a crazy song. But I don't know how come it became pop number one. You know, maybe it reflects all our age. La. You, know, you know the lyrics of the song? Just the chorus. How do you remember the chorus here? And how many remember? Wow, can you join me to sing? Is it okay to impress the younger ones? God have mercy, they have not heard this. It's okay. Come, let's join me to sing this. It's okay, just a chorus, okay? I'm nobody's child. I'm nobody's child. Just like a flower, I am growing wild. No mummy's kisses. And no daddy's smile, nobody wants me, I'm nobody's child. Hey, give a clap loud to encourage us. Think about the lyrics, so sad. How come it became number one? I also don't know. I'm nobody's child, I'm nobody's child. I'm just like a flower. Growing wild, no mommy's kisses, no daddy's smile. Nobody wants me. I'm nobody's child. It's a terrible thing to tell the child, you don't belong here. You're nobody's child. It's a terrible thing. Everyone is important. Everyone has significance. And all this because of Jesus, not my, my accomplishment, not my success, not my whatever. All because I'm a child of God. Precious to God in Jesus Christ. And all God's people say, so, so important for all of us. But friends, there's one final thing. And the final thing, the wonderful thing for you and I is that fifthly, there's hope for the future and joy forever. There is wonderful hope for the future and joy forever. And that's how Apostle Paul writes to us like this here in Romans chapter 15, verses 12 and 13. Okay, come, let's read together this last passage of scripture in our loudest, most robust voice. Come together, let's read. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will spring up. One will arise to rule over the nations. The Gentiles will hope in him. May the God of hope who fill with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. The God of hope, all right? He will put hope in us and this will overflow with joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. Friends, can I say, we're living in a fearful world. We are living uncertain war. Look at this, what is happening around the world. That's why the future becomes uncertain. The future becomes worrisome. And some of us who are older, if you are serious, we are concerned about our kids and our grandkids, the way things are going all across the world, friends. But the amazing thing is that in Jesus Christ, there is both hope for now and for the future. But more than that, there is joy forevermore. Friends, you know, we are living in a joyless world, in a world of uncertainty, trepidation, fear, not knowing what the future holds. But the wonderful thing is, whilst we do not know what the future holds, 
you and I know who holds the future. Amen. And this amazing thing. In the early 1980s, Mercedes-Benz was trying to show and trying to look at ways and means to make Mercedes-Benz even a much more safe car. And so what, you know what they did in the early 80s? Mercedes-Benz, after Mercedes-Benz, will go right onto a solid thick wall, bang, 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 one after another, to try to think of ways and means to design the car to be more safe. You know, friends, out of that, they came out with the airbags. And then Mercedes-Benz did unthinkable. Also this game changer in terms of car safety, Mercedes-Benz would stream right ahead of all competitors into how safe a car can be. But they did the unthinkable, in, even though it's a game changer, okay, for car safety. Mercedes-Benz called in all the major car manufacturers, their competitors, and you know Mercedes is unthinkable? Mercedes shared with them the technology about the airbags. More than that, Mercedes-Benz said, you can have it all, pattern included. Copy it all, it's all for free. Unbelievable, unthinkable. People say, you must be joking. Friends, can I say, that wasn't the first time. 1959, Volvo, as we all know, is well known for car safety. In 1959, the Swedish engineer by the name of Niels Bolin, working for Volvo, invented the three-angle V-shaped seat belts. That is today's standard feature in all cars, seat belts and airbags. And you know, friends, way back in 1959, Volvo also did the unthinkable. Volvo calling all the major car manufacturers, their competitors, shared with them the technology and said, take it, use it, free of charge. People came back to Mercedes-Benz and asked Mercedes-Benz, sir, why do you do this? This is so unbusinesslike. This is unbelievable. You just shared it freely with all of us. And you know what happens, friends? The chief engineer of Mercedes-Benz said this, some things are too important not to share. Some things are too important not to share. My friends, the gospel of Jesus Christ is too important not to share. In fact, the gospel is most important that it must be shared with anyone, everyone who are fighting a spiritual battle. Satan is out to steal from us peace of heart. Satan is out to kill us in relation with one another. Satan is out to destroy at the end of your life, he wants to prevent all of us from going to heaven. He wants to keep us as much in hell. Friends, you know, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ is not because of a hard burden for people. It's a spiritual battle for fighting people, seeking to plunder, okay, seek hell and populate heaven as much as possible. Amen. So, so important for all of us in this. Let me close with this. Christmas last year, for the first time, Doris and I, together with our son and the wife and the three grandchildren, we went to Singapore for our holidays. Had a wonderful time there uh, over Christmas. We were staying in this hotel. Next morning, next day was a knock on the door. I opened the door and there was an Indian lady, a cleaner from the hotel, all right? And said to me, Doris was in a room also at that time. Can I clean your room? I said, sure, of course, please do. And she came in, I said, thank you for cleaning our room, really appreciate it. What's your name? Deepa, an Indian lady. Thank you, Deepa, for cleaning our room. My name is Daniel, that's my wife, Doris. Deepa, you know what? I'm a pastor from Malaysia. You're very special. Out of eight billion, God sent to clean the room of a pastor. Hello? Not often got a chance to clean the room of a pastor. Am I right or not? Say something, encourage me, amen. Not often you get a chance to clean the room of a pastor. Out of eight billion, God sent you to clean the room of a pastor. Okay, as she was doing her work, I said, Deepa, I know you're working. I want to respect your time. Okay, but when you finish, just a few minutes, all right, let me share with you about Jesus. And she agreed. I shared with her. At the end, I challenged her to accept the Lord. She said, okay. It was my joy, privilege to lead her to faith in Christ. You know, after the prayer, you know what happens? She bent over. She go and touch my two feet. She bent over to Doris, touch her two feet because that's the way people from that background show honor and respect to you by touching your feet. Deeper 
in conversation with her, I found out she's a single mother. She's only 48 years old, four children. She and her husband divorced. Two of the children with her ex-husband, two of them with her. Deepa actually lives in Johor. She gets onto the motorbike every morning at 4 a.m. to ride across. So the people are on time 8 a.m. for work there in the hotel. Six days a week, she does this. She has to leave at 4 o'clock. Why? Because more than 200,000 people live in Johor travel every day to Singapore to work. You know that? More than 200,000. So if it goes later than 4 a.m., she'll be late for work. She has to leave that time on. And then she finishes at 5 p.m. She gets onto the motorbike, drives home, takes another two hours to cross the causeway before getting back home. Imagine what time she goes to sleep. And 3 o'clock, 3 something, she'll be up again, get herself ready. Every day for six days, it is like that. Imagine the sacrifice, the commitment, the hard work, if not even the agony and the pain. It so happened on that day, after leading her to faith in Christ, we were going out in the evening for dinner. And I saw Deepa 5 p.m. putting on helmet, getting onto the motorbike getting ready to go home. I waved to her. I said, hi, Deepa. God bless you. Safe journey home. She smiled. Maybe it's the first time in her life, I don't know, that some smile has come back to her. The agony, the heartache and the pain. Maybe a refreshing has come upon her life. A new smile has come back. Friends, you and I are put there by God to be an agent of blessing, of help, of support, of hope, and a future for these people. Some of them might look very smooth and suave and even sophisticated. You never know what is on the inside. Friends, you and I got this amazing good news of Jesus Christ. Must be released, must be shared. Because many are looking for a way. Many are looking for hope for the future. And the latest I heard, I spoke in this church recently in KL, is that this counselor, professional counselor, head of the counseling department, she said to me, Pastor, this nine-year-old boy wanted to commit suicide. Here in Kuala Lumpur, nine years want to commit suicide. There's a despair, helplessness, hopelessness, friends. You and I must go all out there to help these people, to offer them hope in the future. And all this is available in Jesus Christ. And all God's people say, let us pray. Come, let's come before God in prayer. With his bond eyes closed. Maybe there's some of us here who do not yet know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Maybe you don't have a personal relationship with Christ. You might have come here more than once, but you know deep down within, you don't have a personal faith in Christ. You don't know Jesus personally. My friend, I believe you are here because God wants you to know He loves you. He has come just for you, my friend. And so, therefore, this afternoon now, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you can begin the journey of faith by simply praying a simple prayer of faith. Acknowledge you are a sinner. Believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. Thirdly, ask Him to forgive you for sins. And fourthly, invite Him to life as Lord and Savior. Just simple step of faith in prayer. My friend, you become a child of God. And I promise you, you're in for the right of your life. Not that there are no problems, but His grace is always sufficient for you. So if you'd like to this afternoon now, at a count of three, wherever seated, heads bowed and eyes closed, at a count of three, wherever you are, would you raise up your hand? I want to pray for you. Are you ready? Upstairs as well as downstairs here. Are you ready? One, two, and three. Is there anyone here? Can I see your hands? Anybody? All right. Is there anyone? Keep your hands high so I can see your hand. Upstairs, is there anyone? All right. Is there anybody? Keep your hands up. Raise your hand so I can see your hand. Anybody? Well, I do trust that we all here do know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Maybe there's some of us here. We are concerned, we are anxious, we are fearful. I want to pray for you, my friend. Fear about the future. Fear about your work. Fear about your health. Fear about the situation. Even here in Malaysia. Fear about whatever it may be, my friend. God wants to help all of us. 
God really want to help all of us. Just as I want to pass a mic to Pastor Chu. If there's any fear of any kind, or any sadness, or any disillusionment, or any sense of despair, even hopelessness, friends, can I ask you to stand wherever you are? We want to pray for you, friends. Wherever you are, will you stand? We want to pray for you, friends. God is here. He wants to help all of us. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. We want to pray for you. Allow God to just minister to you. Just stand wherever you are. God is good. He is merciful, my friend. We don't have to walk under the weight and load of pain and agony and frustration, uncertainty, okay, anxiety. He wants to help all of us, my friend. He is here. He's a good, wonderful God. Jesus has come to make this amazing offer. Not his sins are forgiven, so there's no guilt and shame and heartaches and pains. He wants to carry our load. He wants to journey and help us along so that there can really, friends, be a wonderful joy and peace and hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. So that for us as Christians, we can end off in joyful hope in Jesus Christ in a powerful manner. So as I turn the mic over to Pastor Joe, friends, you do stand. I want to ask your pastor to pray for all of you and the rest of the pastors to pray for you, all of us. Friends, just do that with you. God bless you all richly. God bless you all. Stay. I'm going to open your altar. I just feel in my spirit that as the word of God has gone forth, and you take a step of faith, you want to come forward, come forward, and everybody else as well. If you have fear, fear for your future, fear for your health, you know, sometimes bad news just comes suddenly, you know, and you're shocked. Either for yourself or remember your family, reversals, disappointments, financial, family, I don't know what. You know, I just feel in my spirit. As the Word of God has been released, you contextualize it, you internalize it, and you come forward, believe in faith that God will open the way for you and you will see a breakthrough and you stand still and you see the salvation of God. Fears, fears of any kind, insignificance, insecurity, whatever it may be, relationships, your family, whatever it is, your children. I'm going to open the altar and I want to believe that even as you step forward in faith, we minister to you You will see a breakthrough by the end of the year Amen One way or another You will see a miraculous breakthrough At the end of the year Whatever it is So let's all stand And the altar is open You just step forward in faith Believing God This is the house of God You are safe here Amen You know the closing stages of this service I want all of you To spend a moment of quietness In your own life to God can you convert that one or two square feet of ground that you are standing on now into your private altar space? Can you do that? Because I want all of you to encounter God before you leave this place. In the balcony, at home, in your living room, in the bedroom even, wherever you're standing. If you have to, close your eyes. Don't worry about what's ever happening here. Don't worry about surroundings. One-on-one. One-on-one on one with God because God is where you are. Will you do that, friend? Because I really want you to be blessed. I really want you to encounter God afresh. Will you do that as you close? Close your eyes. Talk to God. Allow Him to minister to you. Come into your circumstances. Come into your life. Will you invite Him in? Do that, every one of you. recovery there will be breakthroughs there will be a turning around that you never expect because God is a God of the impossible if God is with you nothing can be against you understand because God loves you 
and God loves your family. Wherever he or she is, whether it be your parents or whether it be your children, God will be there for them. You understand? Whatever you put your hands to, your business enterprises, your projects, it may be slow at the moment, God, but God will give you an opening, a miraculous opening, and you know, and you know when it happens, it is God. Let's all believe it together. Is it okay with you? Let's all, let's all stretch our hands as we close. Let's all stretch our hands to the Lord. Father, you know our hands are stretched to you. Families, I see families stretching hands to God because we know that when God answers the prayers of the Father, name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I want to bless every family represented here today whatever their needs may be that tonight, this day Lord we have encountered you afresh once again I want to bless every family the work of everyone's hands even as our hands are stretched to you Lord, yes may the delight of the Lord may the favour of the Lord rest upon you, establish the work of your hands. Yes, establish the work of your hands. And every time, whatever you put your hands to, it will prosper for the glory of God. Amen. For the glory of God. Hallelujah. So I bless all of you today. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face always to shine upon you all and be gracious to you. The Lord loves you, my friend. The Lord really loves every one of you. May the Lord, the good Lord, He's good. He's in control and He cares. He's good. He's in control, not out of control. Good Lord, turn his face upon every single one of you and always give you his shalom. In Jesus' precious name, we pray to God's people say, Amen. God bless you. The altar is still open. If any one of you needs prayer, please feel free to come forward. The pastors and the leaders will be only too happy to pray for you and to bless you. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.